Hi, everybody. That was really creepy. I'm working on my creepy voice. Are, are we on Dateline? I'm Chris Hansen. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I see Casey on. I'm going to add him. Here comes trouble, guys. I mean, he might need to leave us early to go Netflix and chill. Who knows? Oh, well, you know what? I won't begrudge the man that. That's what the I'm, kids are doing these days. Unless he's in North Korea, then he can mang bang and chill. Which is just a great name. Hello. Here comes a three-hour podcast. This is a ridiculous amount of people. We are going to pod like a motherfucker. Oh, I'm going to have so much fun editing this one. Okay, so just confirming, we have six people here. Holy crap. This is an awful video. Are we just talking about the upcoming game or the season? Game. We can only talk about season. Now, we're going to be barely able to say hello in 30 minutes. Well, I think we can do some general takes 12 game minutes stuff. to open up his can of Budweiser Select Premium Texas Blend. I don't have any beer right now. I'm Please. down to red wine. He drinks the lime. Me too. I got, I got some $3 cul-de-sac red wine. You're a pretty lady. $3? $3 a bottle of H-E-B, baby. Kind of tastes like... This? Like, if you like got a, like a decent bottle of wine and like... Opened it and poured it in a cup and left it in the refrigerator for a week. (laughs) And then threw some juice in it to make it better. Yeah, 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 something like that. But, I mean, it does the trick. Uh, It's called cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac. And it is actually not terrible for $3 a bottle. Cul-de-sac, named after where you're going to pass out once you're done drinking. (laughs) Drew could be so lucky as to pass out in a cul-de-sac. If you're you're drinking cul-de-sac wine, you probably don't live in a cul-de-sac. I actually do live in a cul-de-sac. Okay, so this I think is we not can probably, work. I, we can do this. I'll, I'll I'll take the lead here and be You're in charge. You're gonna say people's names before we talk, otherwise yeah. we're gonna step all over each other. The last what time I went to a Purdue game, I got kicked out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you. They have like pictures of you up around Rockade. <laughs> you shouldn't Wanted. have been standing. <laughs> yeah, I I will walk in there on my ass. Nice. He's done more standing than Colin Kaepernick. Oh. oh. It's taken us 12 minutes just to re-try to ramp up for this. All right, all right. I think we're ready. I think we're ready. I'm ready. All right, all right. Focus. Just, just follow my lead, gentlemen, and we got this. We, we'll, we can right. get through this. Okay, focus. Focus. Yeah. This is just going to be like my sex life, painstaking and arduous, and just when you think you're getting somewhere, nothing happens. So, so this is going to be over in 30 seconds? Sweet. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Welcome to the 10th anniversary day of Hammer and Rails, and we're having a podcast because of the unrestrainable juggernaut that is Purdue football is about to get underway. We have our undefeated streak against FCS schools on the line this week as we take on Eastern Kentucky, and we're excited to look forward to another season. So excited that we're having a six-man podcast here, so this could be an absolute train wreck. First of all, we have Casey coming in from West Lafayette. Hello. I'm drinking Clos de Bose, and I'm saying that <laughs> oh. so Drew will say what he's drinking. Uh, that, that's classy right there. Uh, next, we have Andrew Ledman from our nation's capital. Andrew? Uh, I'm drinking water, so. Wata? Wata. <laughs> and next, next, we have uh, Drew from deep in the heart of Texas and Aggieland. I'm drinking $3 cul-de-sac 
Red wine Merlot. Where you start your night is where you end it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, manning the soundboard today, tonight, when we're recording this, we have Juan Crespo from the Two A's in Michigan. Good evening, all. And I guess I'll continue the drinking tradition and mention I'm drinking Oberon to finish off this summer. So. Oh, excellent Let's choice. Uh, last, we have uh, Kyle Holderfield. He is in God's country in West Lafayette. Uh, I'm not drinking anything tonight. <laughs> Damn it, freshman! <laughs> this is the hazing part of the podcast now. And of course, with you as always is T-Mel here. I am drinking water as I just got done with a workout, and I am coming to you live on your podcast from Indianapolis, Indiana. And as I said, another season is upon us. There are... Okay, let's face it. There's not a lot of reason for optimism here. If you read our preview page that we did late on when, on Friday, I should say, a couple of you guys did have us at least getting to a bowl game with, with at least a 6-6 six and six record. So let me go back to that. And how can you justify it? Uh, let's start with Drew. You were the one that seems to be the most confident about this team. Ask that question like you want to. What were you drinking when you answered that? <laughs> Probably $3 cold to sack one. <laughs> I can see six wins on this schedule. We don't have to be, like, better. We just have to come up, show up six times and be better than they are. And I think I think we have enough talent on our team to do that. I don't think we have enough talent on our team to compete with any truly good football teams. But I feel like looking at our schedule, I think we can show up. And, you know, we're going to be favored the first two, Eastern Kentucky and, uh, well, then Nevada. We we should easily beat. And then, you know, we got Illinois, Indiana hanging around out there. We don't play anybody that I look at and say, there's no possible way we can beat them. I think we'll be in enough games to win six. I've, I've got to agree with you there. Uh, at least the way the schedule looks right now, there's only one ranked team, and that's Iowa. The downside to that is, as you go back to last year, four of the home losses were to 500 or worse teams. And most of them weren't lo- weren't close losses they were blowouts you had minnesota uh illinois virginia tech and indiana none of those teams were what you would call world beaters but they came in and just wiped the floor with purdue you know what what do you see as the biggest turnaround uh let's go with uh i guess i'll just pick with ledman here i'll I'll just randomly pick you guys and call you out rather than have everybody step over everybody else here since we have six of you good call Uh, the biggest improvement is john shoop isn't our coordinator anymore (laughs) i mean he's the evil genius or whatever God knows that they called him every game last year. He he makes an offense that's so complicated, no one can possibly understand and execute it faithfully and how he wants it run. So by getting rid of him, our offense should just be vastly improved. So that's my only hope. I got to agree with you there. That is That seems to be the biggest factor is no Shoop and Terry Malone. He can't possibly be worse. I know Holderfield, you were at the, you were at the last scrimmage. What did you see there before you were washed out? Oh yeah. I got washed out pretty quick, but you didn't see much of Markel Jones or anything. They're trying to keep him fresh. I was more of a spread style type offense. Um, I expected more of a pro style since he comes from the NFL with the NFL background, uh, more spread. We were at three wide receivers tied in a single back, a lot of shotgun, but yeah, just like Ledman said, we can ex- expect, improvement just because John Shoup isn't isn't calling the offense anymore. I mean, we're going to hopefully vastly improve, and hopefully Markel Jones has a great year, and hopefully David Blau does as well. And, and that's really what we need. Uh, I think the way that I described it after the spring game is we went from abysmal to semi-competent, which <laughs> if you've seen any of Purdue football the last couple of years, that is a vast improvement. So, Casey, you were the one that said that uh, we would narrowly avoid bowling and uh, keep our ca- holiday calendars clean, but you still had five wins who are you seeing as the five wins first just to clear it's i think 
it's possible Shoop is like a burnt out light bulb. And we were all playing in this dark room where we couldn't really see what our team was. Ooh, and this yeah. year, maybe Malone Ooh. is, you know, a bright light and we turn it on. And all of a sudden we're like, these toys aren't so bad. This isn't a dangerous room. This is a happy place. We'll be fine. That was a weird metaphor. <laughs> it's a metaphor that works, though. It it, I, it really is a metaphor that works. There's enough throw-up games in the schedule, like you said. Eastern Kentucky, Nevada, Maryland, Illinois, Penn Indiana, State, Minnesota, Indiana. <laughs> possibly Cincinnati. All we have to do is just get lucky in a few of those. And like five isn't a big number. What do you guys think of the role that just some confidence may play here. I think we all agree that we should beat Eastern Kentucky under any circumstance, but Cincinnati's probably the best of those first five schools that we play. And should should we win that? First of all, we'll likely have the first one of those. Um, I believe they're called winning streaks. Is that what they're called? As a Clemson fan, I can assure you those exist. Uh, I'm a, I'm unfamiliar with the term, but a winning least, streak. How much do you guys see? If they were to beat Cincinnati, the confidence of, hey, we can actually beat somebody with a pulse and how that would push the team going forward into those next couple of games. What do you what do you think, Juan, since you're the first one that hasn't really elaborated on anything yet? Yeah, for the record, I mean, I was the only one who answered the question correctly uh, when it came to the roundtable about alcohol. We don't get points. Welcome to Hammer and Rails. <laughs> well, it's where the questions football. are made we're up, already... the points don't matter. And we were already going to be drinking anyway. It's Purdue football. I mean, come on. But I agree that if they can beat Eastern Kentucky and then pull off the relative upset here of beating Cincinnati, that can re that can be a huge motivation to possibly. Relative, st- you mean since like, Purdue football, any win is relatively upsetting. Yeah, beating Cincinnati would probably be an upset and because they'll probably be favorite coming in, maybe. Who knows? If they can start out 2-0, there is the possibility for them to maybe start 4-0, maybe even 5-0, because Maryland and Illinois still have a lot of question marks coming into the season. So I think it could, if they can beat Cincinnati, it'll be, they can uh, start off the season well. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, you just don't know what can happen. You get into 4-1 or even 5-0 going into when you're playing calm Iowa. Down. Calm down. Yeah, I got to calm down. <laughs> and I'm not drinking anything. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's, this team has never had any real confidence. And I think we saw a bit of that last year when they played a pretty good three quarters, uh, maybe even three and a half quarters at Marshall. Had the game won, they needed a couple of first downs. Uh, they shooped themselves right in the foot with a couple of interceptions, and that was it. <laughs> The last time we really saw confidence out of this team, I feel, was October 2014. That was when they beat Illinois, almost beat Michigan State at home, and then were leading at Minnesota uh, mm-hmm. until they choked it away at the end. Like, if they can play that same way, I guess that for some reason there, they almost figured out their offense with Shoop. But yeah, if they, if they can start playing with confidence, they can start scoring points and possibly win these games. But yeah, it's it's a big factor. How concerned uh, are you about the tackle situation? You're the you're the offensive line expert here, Drew. You're the one that keeps reassuring me that everything's going to be okay. But then I see just how bad the offensive line could be, especially at both tackle spots. And I just want to curl up in the fetal position. Again, I'm only looking for six wins. I think this offensive line only is six good. wins. I'm looking. I'm looking for six wins. I think the offensive line will be against enough bad defensive lines to hold up six times. That's reassuring. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, there's going to be. Some... I only need this wall to stand up for like 
two days and it's not going to rain and it's not going to be windy. We'll be fine. <laughs> I just want to ease the There's going to be some games. Sorry. There's going to be some <laughs> games that they are overmatched, that Patterson is going to have a really hard time blocking, um, you know, their weak side defensive end. But like I said, looking at the schedule, I think there's enough games where the other teams doesn't have a premier pass rusher that we're going to be able to hold out. And especially, this should be a massive running offensive line. I mean, everybody's over 300 pounds, and there's some big dudes going forward. So I think if we can really, if we're, it looks like we're going to be... So that's just, what it comes down to, heft. Yeah, yeah, heft. We've got a lot of heft. With Matt McCann is a monster on the right side. He's going, by the time he gets done, he's going to be really good. Um, the, the question, of course, is can he pass protect because his high school team, I think, threw like three passes maybe during his entire career. He hasn't done a lot of pass protecting, but he's a, a mean dude, and he will block you until after the whistle and then do it again. That's how you get fouls and, it, and move backwards. If we could stop doing those kind of things, it'd be great. Maybe right to the whistle. Block until the whistle. And someone please tell me that Terry Malone is actually smart enough to play to a team's strengths as opposed to, hey, that worked. We better never run that again because they'll be expecting it. <laughs> he came from the Saints, and they are... I mean, offensively, they have been, you know, geniuses and great for ever since Coach Payton got there. There's no way he couldn't have learned something. Um, I would say that his reputation at Michigan before uh, before he went to the Saints, when he was Michigan's offensive coordinator, from what I understand, is he, you know, run the ball, run the ball, play action, and they got, like, bored with that. But I think in our case, that might might work. I didn't that, notice that, any play that involved a pick six, so that sounds like an improvement. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine complaining about the style of play when you're winning <laughs> all games. Oh, this isn't exciting enough. We're only winning by 14 or we're only winning by 7. I just want to win a game. I, I just want to have a lead in the game. I mean, when was the last time we even had a lead in a game? We were leading I'm, again I'm, at one point, weren't we? We, we were leading Michigan so. State, Virginia Tech. No, we never led Michigan State. I think the last time they had a lead, yeah. They were down twenty-one nothing. They were down twenty-one nothing. I only remember Michigan State things with this weird vividity that because I was at that game and my heart was <laughs> frozen. I did not I've, feel any pain when Purdue failed to score the winning touchdown. Um, I've like, had oh. games where I can't remember my own name just because your name <laughs> doesn't mean that you have a better memory of it. Look, I have a weird memory. Let's just put it that way. But last time they had a lead was the Nebraska game when they somehow put up fifty-five points. But yeah, other than that, they've tied it perhaps like against Northwestern and Iowa. But maybe yeah, they led against IU. Against yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Did we also were grew, we in the lead grew. ever against Indiana? Which is the saddest. That's one of the saddest sentences I've ever said. And <laughs> this I just is the saddest segment into. ever. Casey, Casey no, is not a word. Vividity <laughs> is not a word. Just FYI. No, we Only never did lead against tonight. Indiana. We we <laughs> fell behind ten to nothing. We got it to ten seven. And it looks like the closest we got after 10-7 was 31-21. Oh, that's depressing. Oh, that's, that's just a big happy hat right there. <laughs> so, I, I, and I, I think that's where my natural pessimism is coming into this season is from what this team exhibited last year, we have so far to go just to be competitive 
with mediocre teams, not beat them, just to be competitive. Is Shoop really that much of a difference? Is yes. Uh, yes. Greg Hudson that much of a difference? Yes. yes. Greg Hudson was one of the worst defensive coordinators I've ever seen in college football. Man. Okay. I knew I, hot I, take. Hot take. Well, the, the downside to that is, is uh, our friends over at Coordination have been taunting us about hiring Ross Ells, kind of like Bears fans were taunting us about hiring John Shoup. So I'm also a little nervous there as well. Well, here's the thing. When you read an off-season interview with an anonymous coach from another school that says, I don't know what they were doing on either side of the ball. You could see what they were doing, and you knew how to prevent it on offense, and you knew how to get around it on defense. What does that tell you? You got to change. And 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 I got to give El some credit there with this scheme where he's going to have kind of uh, Brandon Roberts in the nickel position as the hybrid safety slash corner slash linebacker. At least it's something different. I mean, what do we have to lose? We're already losing games by 25, 30 points. <laughs> it's kind of just the natural way that football's going, though. The team's passing so much, you want to have more athletes to cover, and then also you can get more creative with blitzes. So it may, it's it's a step towards the right direction. Wait, what, what blitz? What what does blitz mean? Um, well, for me, it usually means three Jaeger bombs and four <laughs> Budweisers in an hour. <laughs> in an hour? Good lord, boy! Blitzed? You don't. It's uh, not drunk. It's way past that. How are you alive? <laughs> okay, so we could totally do that. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Oh my! So. Uh, I guess we can start talking about this week's opponent, Eastern Kentucky. We do not have an opponent blog. We That's all you need to say about the game. What, what are yeah. those people doing with their lives if they're running an Eastern <laughs> Kentucky blog? So, so with Eastern Kentucky, a um, couple of things. We have played them before. We beat them, I forget what year, but I believe it was uh, Daniel's first season. 2012. Uh, we beat them that year, 48 to six, and I think that was a game that was 48 nothing at one point, if I recall. Uh, they are considering moving up to the FBS level. I don't believe that they have decided to do so officially, but I know they've talked about it to join the Sun Belt in the Appy State area. They're a regular playoff team at the FCS level, so this isn't some uh, true punching bag, even though Purdue is undefeated against FCS, unlike uh, other schools that shall not be mentioned. Michigan. South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina. Indiana. (laughs) South Carolina, Indiana. Minnesota with three losses to FCS schools. We're we're being petty and pathetic right now. We're being being pathetic. We don't have much to be proud about right now. (laughs) I know. Which is why we just ignore it. (laughs) This is the last ever FCS game that we will ever play. And we want to end with... Well, the Big Ten is not letting you schedule them anymore. What? When did this happen? Uh, a couple of years ever ago, they announced. They moved, yeah, ever since they're moving to three non-con. Morgan Burke. How could he let that happen? That was a Jim Delaney. Delaney Burke has ask. an influence. I thought that was the whole point. He's been here forty-five goddamn years. <laughs> Couldn't get that one thing stopped. Well, we only have to put up with him for three more days, guys. Don't so make me jump in here and defend Morgan Burke like I always have to. <laughs> oh, jeez. Usually I'm There's with you. Always one. We need the FCS. Uh, yeah. Well, so, so Eastern Kentucky, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Purdue is nine and zero all time against the SCS, uh, <laughs> including three of Daryl Hales' glorious wins. I think we could agree that uh, it's an absolute disaster type of scenario uh, should Purdue lose this, and that zero and twelve is definitely on the table, right? Can we make a pack right now? This is your ten year anniversary, I know, Travis, but mm-hmm. if we lose, no more football coverage. <laughs> you and me, right now, man to man. 
No more football <laughs> coverage. I know this is how it started, but if we lose, we have to do something. Uh, I think we're contractually obligated to do football. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Is the we're just here so we don't get fined. Yeah, yeah, can we at least start every article like that? Yes. <laughs> I, that's pretty much what I'm going to do. Is uh, anything that we say, anything that we would write on football is the okay. Well, we have to do this, so let's mm. all get through it, and we can Purdue probably just Cincinnati. renew it. It's a beautiful city with bearcats. Just roaming the streets, bearcats roaming the streets. <laughs> but no more gorillas. Oh, come on! Why is one You are like a living <laughs> Eeyore. <laughs> uh, one, one, sli- a couple of slight causes for concern with Eastern Kentucky. Uh, number one, they do have <laughs> Matty Mock. They have Matty Mock. Uh, he transferred from Missouri oh, after he the cocaine snorter. Yes, uh, he tried to snort the goal line and got kicked out of Missouri. Uh, so, uh, I, because I, I thought meth Purdue was, the, I thought meth was the uh, drug du jour of Missouri. But anyway, that does give me a little bit of concern because he is a quality quarterback, quality SEC signal caller that's had some success in the past, and uh, he's going to make them pretty well. And then the second cause for concern is this team is actually a pretty good FCS team. They are not ranked in the preseason poll, but they are – Nine votes out of the top 25 in the 26th spot, uh, tied with Eastern Illinois. Travis, can you remind me, are those the FCS rankings? Because they don't mean anything. (laughs) Yes, they are the FCS rankings. But, well, other than North Dakota State being number one, that that ranking is, you know, they get to play our most hated rival here in a few weeks. My point is... I don't care where they're ranked. They're an FCS team. We should not lose. Yes, I I, I do agree with you there, and uh, I believe that was I believe our last win over a ranked team was with Daryl Hazel beating ranked Southern Illinois a few years ago. Oh, Drew, right, well, I've, done to, some, I've done some I've done some research into this like Eastern Kentucky team. <laughs> oh, oh, you have more research. Please. I have more That's research on this. Their roster, they're a little like uh, Louisville, uh, as in they basically take everybody else's castoffs. Um, Do they have more? Their roster is full of. Their roster is full of former, uh, you know, BCS uh, or I guess we don't say BCS anymore. Whatever major conference players, they they have I would say at least ten, ten to fifteen. 12, probably more than that, probably 10 to 15 former major conference uh, players on their roster. Um, I see that now. I see Missouri. I see Illinois, UCLA, Cincinnati, Texas Tech, Akron, Tennessee. This is West Virginia, Boston College. This is a team that has uh, definitely has some talent. And uh, great. Now I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) We've given Travis something else to worry about for the next... uh, Six days. Is it? Let, let's let's look at some Eastern Kentucky stats from last season. Uh, they're leading. They were not a strong running team. They only had 1,400 yards rushing, uh, and I believe they were a playoff team, if I if I recall correctly. Uh, Mock may not necessarily be the starter at quarterback because a guy by the name of Benny Coney was pretty good. 2,400 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Didn't we try to catch that Coney guy in 2012? Yeah, but the internet failed with that, so, yes. By the way, how have we gone this long talking about Eastern Kentucky and not mention Danny Hope? Is he yeah, coaching yeah. there? No, he well, is. No, that's where he's former head coach. That's where I he believe came that's from. Why we got this game. Uh, I'm. I would be willing to bet that we got this game as well as the 2012 game as part of the buyout process for Hope. Is the we gave them a couple of paycheck games in uh, in response. So yeah. this this what is what does that Danny say Hope's about Danny Hope? Gift. This is a Danny Hope legacy game. Yeah. What does it say when I was fully like prepared to like 
agree to the idea that he was the offensive line coach at Eastern Kentucky? Uh, I don't know where he's coaching this year. He was actually the offensive Nowhere. coordinator at South Florida last year. Didn't he get fired? Yeah. No, he, he left of his own accord because South Florida was actually pretty good. <laughs> I know. I'm and that scared him? As well, I guess. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> Uh, last season, Eastern Kentucky had a pair of FBS games. They lost 35 nothing at North Carolina State, uh, and then they took Kentucky to overtime before losing 34-27. Uh, Kentucky's not a good team, but they were, we're going to win. It's us. fine. Uh, <laughs> they actually they held a 27-13 lead with five minutes to go on Kentucky. Uh, I mean, we could only do so much about Danny Hope's alma mater. Because I, I think he is actually an alma mater. Of- Hold on, I have his Wikipedia page up. Yes, I do too. We're gonna give Drew the next two minutes to. I have his Twitter up that he hasn't used in a while. Playing career, Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. He played offensive off tackle Kentucky. for them. Currently, he has no job, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> yes, he's he's stepped down for family reasons, which usually is bogus if you're a coach. And and uh, let's remember how. He uh, and his wife left Purdue so graciously. You can't tell at all that they edited his Wikipedia page because the last line of it says, since Hope, since Hope went 6-6 six and six in his last season, Purdue has not won more than three games in a year. <laughs> Someone's bitter. <clears throat> On his uh, Twitter page, his only like is of an empty Ross Aide during one of the games this past season. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is this a verified Twitter page? <laughs> I knew I, I knew I liked this guy for some reason. I mean, that's you are right. That's the most charming thing he's ever done in his life. That, that's that's, that's some fire right there. <sighs> well, also remember he he did the uh, he did the uh, flexing at Oregon in just his second game as head coach too. I was living on UND campus at that time, not going to school, so I don't really remember anything. Yeah, it was it was a late, late uh, West Coast game, and uh, I remember being I at heard, a house party. Yeah, and they were—I uh, forget what they were playing over the PA or something—but the crowd was getting on him, and so Hope started to do some uh, like Hulkamania type flexing on the sidelines. Man, we were making some deep, deep dives into Purdue here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn. But you can only you can only do that uh, when you're playing an FCS level opponent. And speaking of the FCS, the last team from the Big Ten to lose to an FCS opponent was Michigan, Minnesota in 2011. Oh. Lost to North Dakota State, which that is, to me that's the one exception that you can have uh, in losing to an FCS team is if you play North Dakota State and lose to them. There's not I'm a sure one agrees. Yes, Juan, what, what do you think about this? How'd you like that blocked field goal? Well, at the time, I wasn't a Michigan fan. My God, how many coats can you wear? It's not that cold up there. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but yes, uh, that is... Uh, the, Minnesota's the only there's the most recent loss, so we ha- we have some conference pride to defend here. And All right, who's playing us out with music? <laughs> <laughs> that was my fantasy football draft. It's confirmed had... that Danny Hope's only like on Twitter is a picture from empty seats galore. Um, it says fans have seen enough as fourth quarter is about to start, and it is 
very empty. And Danny Hope is very salty. I'm tweeting this. <laughs> I- I'm going to retweet it. Yes. Can we make this a new thing? Someone needs to tweet that from the uh, side account, which and then we also did. I, I gave the new name to Undefeated versus FCS as our new name this week. And I also have submitted, we might get verified this week by Twitter. Oh, oh. How do you get verified? Uh, you have to like submit a form and show a bunch of uh, links that you're legitimate. And then they needed a copy of my driver's license for some reason. So who knows? <laughs> I, I think we've had enough uh, discussion of Eastern Kentucky and football and everything. Let, let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about... The basketball season. We have a full schedule here. And uh, I think you guys can all agree with me. It's uh, it's a relief that Welsh Ryan Aria may finally see a Big Ten champion crowned on the court, unless we clinched before that, right? Whoa. Have you checked to see if someone else has won there? I'm going to be positive that we, no one else has won there. So I'm just going with it, and I'm being lazy. I do enough research as it is. <laughs> You're a communications major. You don't do any research. Oh. Hey! Weird hey, I took a class called Communication Research Methods. Thank you very much. Yeah, you just <laughs> go to Wikipedia. <laughs> and my wife just gave me the, uh, oh, we have a badass over here head gesture. <laughs> also known as nuptials. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, we probably don't need to talk about Purdue basketball in this podcast. It's already a mess. <laughs> You're, yeah, but you're insinuating that we can use even a quarter of what's been said. I'm so glad I bought a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we have a basketball schedule, and uh, what are you guys thinking of it? Now that we have a uh, Big Ten slate out, uh, what are you thinking in terms of, is it a viable slate to win the whole thing, or what? I don't think there's any way you can say we weren't going to be contenders regardless of what our schedule was. I think we're that talented this year. We're deep. Um, we a lot of teams lost stuff, and I don't feel that great about any of them really. And I'm not understanding the love that Wisconsin's getting just because they got I hot I, and made the Sweet 16. I think they they're the second best back. team in the conference, and we beat them pretty handily both times, if I recall. So, yeah, we're not a great matchup for them, but they've got a lot of talent that was pretty young last year, and I still think Nigel Hayes is a beast. And if he gets a jump shot, like he's going to be unguardable. True. This is true. Uh, I think you're also going to have Michigan State and you're going to have Indiana right there in competition. And I, I don't think I think Maryland will probably take a step back. But I thought that they were vastly underachieving last year as it was. They lost too many people. You can't replace that many talented bigs and wings. And like there's no replacement for Lehman. Carter was really good. Uh, Diamond Stone provided something in the middle. It's just going to be... Melo Trimble wasn't very good last year, and it's him and a couple big recruits, and it's hard to put that up against a lot of the experience that's going to be coming back. But it's still going to be a tough game to play at College Park, because it's going to be in the middle of a stretch there, too, where they go at Michigan State. I mean, at at Nebraska, one game at home against Northwestern, and then at Maryland and at IU. So it's going to be... It's going to be during a tough stretch of the schedule. Yeah, I can see that being one of those games where Melo Trimble draws like 75 fouls. Yeah, have enough I mean, that was his whole that. game his freshman year. If you look at his stats, it was like he scored a, a lot of his points from the free throw line with that little like 
Oh, somebody just like punched me head head like snap back move. They call that the James Harden. God, I hate that so much. <laughs> I hate that. I can't even watch Maryland play. It like physically like upsets me. Like I have to walk it off. And don't forget, he's probably going to have at least one moment where he runs face first into Isaac Haas's elbow, and Haas will get you know flagrant homicide foul called on him. <laughs> <laughs> take him off like hog tied with a mask over his face do you guys think Haas is going to play a bunch more this season than last year oh I yeah think, definitely yeah I do think you? I think there's 30 I, guess, I think 30 minutes is his like best case so, scenario yeah, and that's like everything works I think 25 is the magic number but I think it'll actually I think Purdue could actually be better strangely without Hammonds because they're not going to be married to the okay we have to have a lumbering center on the court and I also think that they will be better you know as much as I like him as a player and as much as he gave to the school I think they're going to be better without Ray Davis because he was almost an offensive liability at times not almost uh, well they probably won't be better with without Hammonds I'll take that back because Hammonds did everything on both ends of the floor They'll just be better in respective. They'll at least be able to show some different looks when it comes to, okay, now we can play a little smaller. Now we can run a little bit if we want to. Yeah, but I think they're, Dave, they'll just, they'll just look like a totally different team because without, yeah. without your all Big Ten center on the floor, all American, I mean, you've got to change how you play, which just changes the whole dynamic, not only of that individual players that are around him, but the entire team and how you play and how Painter's going to have to coach. The one thing I noticed defensively last year, we would kind of leave our guys on islands occasionally, especially out on the perimeter off the dribble because we had AJ to clean up. What I noticed in the Spain games and in the interest squad, our wings are constantly crashing. Like if a guy is dribbling on the right side of the center and if he comes towards the right, the guy on the wing is immediately cutting, coming in to cut off the driving lane instead of waiting for it to get to the rim to where AJ was going to block it. So we're trying to save Haas fouls. We know he's not as quick. We're actually trying to leverage all the wings we have and all their length. And that is one of the things that, you know, that they're already implementing. So we will be a different team, but I do think overall our offensive gain is going to far outweigh our defensive detriment from losing those two guys. So you see it as a case of, okay, we might sacrifice, say, five to ten points defensively, but will be that much better offensively that will more than make up for it. Yeah, I mean, me and Drew have been arguing about this a little bit all off season, but we've got shooters everywhere. We're going to play four out, one in pretty much constantly. And our one in guy is usually going to be Haas, and he, you just can't guard him one-on-one. And if, if you have it that spread out, they're not going to be able to hide where they come, where they help at. So it's going to be easier passes out, and then you swing the ball, and all of a sudden you've got a three-on-two on the other side of the court. And we're just going to get open looks constantly, and it's going to come down to can our shooter shoot? And it's been hit or miss lately, but you just – I mean, you're going to have to bank on that, and you got to feel pretty good about Klein and Dakota and Vince Edwards and Carson Edwards getting a bunch of wide-open threes. PJ, baby, don't forget, he is the best. You're right. No, you're right. Left. He has been lighting it up this offseason. He shot like and, 60% in Spain from yeah. deep. And he, he was, percentage-wise, Purdue's best three-point mm-hmm. shooter last year. He was over 40%. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, kind of look down on that because, oh, he's not handing out a bunch of assists or anything, but he's a solid he's a solid shooter that can hit that open look if he gets it. And since teams tend to forget about him, he gets that open look quite a bit. 
Yeah, that's the biggest one. We we lost two guards that could. Ray Phil actually shot the ball pretty well last year, but we lost Johnny Hill, who took that away was a funky our jump shot constantly. Yeah, yeah it was, was the funky. ugliest thing in the world. That was a funky jumper. I have. Yeah, like yeah. you wouldn't respect that in like a pickup game, let yeah. alone an actual college game. It was never the same twice. Like it was a totally <laughs> different shot. Like every time he went up. He, the bottom half of his body looked like he was trying to take a jump shot in a pool. Yeah. Like he was trying to swim to stay above the water. <laughs> oh, my. That's a, that's a great description. I like that. I like that. Uh, well, gentlemen, we're getting near the end here. Uh, we've been chatting for about an hour, so I think we could probably start wrapping things up here. And we that way. Got about 15 minutes of solid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 30 minutes score predictions? I think we need score predictions to end it up, Travis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, do we want to do score predictions here, or do we want to save yeah. them for Friday? Like Let's we've do been here doing in the we'll, past. We'll rewrite them. Yeah. Well, we can, Let's well, we double can do that, up sure. on the media. <laughs> no one listens to this. It's fine. I said no one's probably even listening at this point because of all the shit you guys said earlier. That's why you edit it, Juan. This isn't live. <laughs> <laughs> it technically is live. Not like Bill O'Reilly. Everything oh, is no, not. everything is live. We just cut out certain parts of the live. <laughs> what? Stop talking. <laughs> okay, okay, let's just get to the prediction. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Juan, let's let's lead us off with the prediction here. What what are you thinking for Saturday? I'm gonna go thirty-five twenty-one. Jesus. <laughs> Purdue winning. Just just because. There you go. There we go. I, I like I like that optimism. I like uh, I like that. Uh, do you think it's going to be one of those games Purdue is maybe in control throughout and gives up a touchdown or two late, or is it going to be the, okay, they score the late touchdown to put them away? He's a weatherman. He doesn't give specifics. Probably <laughs> probably the latter, you know, put them away late, I think is my prediction. Schneider, what do you think? I think we win something. Uh, I think we win going away. Uh, I'd say something that we're going to score in the 40s, and they're not going to, they're going to probably put up 14 and score one late. Prediction means you actually give a number, not ish. Well, I was trying to do the math. I wanted to make sure I landed on a number that was actually like <laughs> a real thing. 46 sure, don't you have an English degree or something? Yeah, I have an English degree. So that's. So you can't do math. No, uh, not in my head at all. So, like, 40... You 40, tell me, hold on, tell me how 47 many possible? Is that like, no. a, is that like yeah. a variation of a score that's possible? Yeah, it's oh, well, anything above two a is. And a field goal. Like, no, do you have to score a safety to get to 47? Well, you could miss extra points. You could get a bunch <laughs> of field goals. So, what's happening? Look, now right? we're in the rabbit hole, boys. Okay, anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah four, pick, like, no. like, we're going to score, like, 47, and they're going to score 14. And it's not going to be, I think, I think we'll come out and it'll be one of those, like, it's 7-7, seven, seven, and then we, we, uh, in the first quarter, and then we just bust it open. Uh, Ledman, what do you think? 49-10, to 10, Purdue wins. Oh, he's on it right there. I think 49 is a better number. <laughs> I like <laughs> that, though. I like that. It's all touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Casey, what do you think? 52 to 13, they're going to miss an extra point and score two touchdowns. Hazel is, he might not be a good football coach, but he's not that dumb. He is going to want to put up a lot of points and be like, ha, look at me. Look what I did. These new guys, they're good. We got this. Oh, yeah, we're going to take it to them if we can. Yeah. Uh, there won't be any any pulling back. Cinderella <laughs> uh, and Blau will throw touchdown passes. Oh, I like that. That's, a, that's another bold prediction. Very good. 
No, hold uh, on. Blau would throw. Sindelar will run for a touchdown. I would like to see Blau throw a touchdown pass to Sindelar. That'd be awesome. Oh. Okay, weird Travis fantasies aside. Sindelar <laughs> was a very good athlete. I think he also was a baseball player in high school. What was that lilt in your voice? Sindelar's a very good athlete. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's late. <laughs> He's oh, God. oh, God. Are we bringing back Casey's German accent? <laughs> Guys, what are uh, we doing here? Uh, Travis, I think we still need your prediction. Yeah, we, we lost we lost Kyle. Uh, I think he His got work. abducted by I gypsies. I don't know. It's uh, actually his bedtime, uh, Travis. He... <laughs> his mom yanked the laptop out of his lap. <laughs> nice. I think I'm kind of going to go with what Ledman said. I think it's a game that Purdue's going to win pretty comfortably. At least I hope so. Uh, I'm hoping not for a nightmare scenario where it's much, much closer than it should be throughout. Uh, Eastern Kentucky does have some decent players. They've got a lot of FBS talent that has transferred down and can play immediately. I think that Purdue is going to be able to pull one out. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 38-10. I'm not, I'm not that confident in the offense yet, but. I just I refuse to believe that we're that bad that we can lose to an FCS team. See, America, people who agree in different things can agree in other different things. Let's make Purdue football great again. <laughs> I just want to be average. Can we just get to average? Let's make Purdue football average again. There you go. That's Let Purdue football mediocre. Be Hillary Clinton. Let's make Purdue football mediocre again. Let's make small steps here. We we're going to get great recruits, and we're going to make IU pay for them. Yes. <laughs> hey, we're in first place right now. That's all I'm going to say. According to who? The standings. <laughs> get that right. It is a valid statement. We are currently in first place in the Big Ten in football. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say that at this time next week. But... And we're technically also in last place, too. So. Well, Jesus. <laughs> You scientists. <laughs> we're, we're in both first and last place. We're in Schrodinger's first. <laughs> Schrodinger's oh first. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So let, let's uh, let's go around the horn for final statement. This time next week, I, I will would... be sunburned and hungover. I guarantee you that at nine o'clock on the Sunday night, I will be. You live week... in Texas and you're always drunk. Are you not always hungover and burnt? No, no, no. I, I stay hydrated. I'm very, very hydration conscious. So, so your prediction is you're going to lay off water for the next week? Well, tailgating kind of really. I've got a big game. I got, okay, I've got the Purdue game at like, I don't know, but 9 o'clock in the morning. Is that when we're kicking? Noon. No. Aren't it's, you it's a home hour game, behind so it's us? Noon. Yeah, so so I got the Purdue game Evan. kicking at 11, and then I got the A&M game at like 3, and then I got the Clemson game at 8, and there's no way I'm not going to be trashed by the end of that day. You should go move up with Juan, and then you wouldn't look so ridiculous in your three coats. I mean, if Purdue, you, especially if Purdue loses to Eastern Kentucky, I might not make it to the Clemson game. Well, I will, but... but I think we should also remind our readers, in case they need to call Child Protective Services, that Drew is also a parent, too. So. <laughs> it's the weekend. It's the weekend. My it's wife's the on freaking weekend, baby. Gotta have me some fun. Lillian loves to tailgate. We take her out. We, we get her little Jesus, wagon going. Now, are, now I'm gonna call them. <laughs> no. None of none of us are mandatory reporters, so we're fine. <laughs> spoken, like spoken like a Clinton. Oh my! 
we're we're going maybe. we're going down. Hey, Ledman, maybe you can send an email. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Casey, any final thoughts? Nope. All right. Well, I have a final thought. I lied. Okay. I don't believe in censorship. Juan, don't edit. Just put it up. All Throw right. Some balls. Well. <laughs> No, I have to edit this. So, so, Juan, what's your final statement? I hate you all, but I have to edit this podcast. (laughs) Okay. That's great.